皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa and hello, Olympics fans and lovers of Shuklastan, and welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Allison Brown. Allison, Konnichiwa. How are konnichiwa. you? Konnichiwa, day two. I know, it's so exciting. So much action. We had uh, 22 sports on the program today, so we've got a lot to fit in a little time. We have a little bit of follow up from day one. So,、uh, remember from our pre Tokyo roundtable episode after Australian、uh, equestrian show jumper Jamie Kermund was deselected because he tested positive for co- cocaine. The Australian Olympic Committee got the information that the remaining two show jumpers, Edwina Tops Alexander and Katie Laurie, will be allowed to compete in the individual jumping competition, which was a big relief. And then Australia is just not going to have a team in the team competition. Which wow. Really stinks, you know. This equestrian is one of their one of their sports. I know, and you know, just one guy messes it up for everybody. We forgot to mention during the parade of nations because everything happened so quickly and nations came out so quickly. Although, you know, now that I think about it, they should have spaced them out a little bit better, not just for COVID, but just because of timing.、Uh, we forgot to mention Peter Tafua, the infamous flag bearer for Tonga. He is in his third games. Remember, he was. Catapulted himself to fame in 2016 because he was the shirtless flag bearer slathered in oil. So he was also at Pyeongchang 2018 for the Winter Olympics. And now he's back for summer. He's competing in Taekwondo again. Once again, shirtless, oiled up. But Vanuatu, game recognized game, they also had a shirtless flag bearer who was,、um, I believe his name is Re,、uh, Re- Rilillo. Um, who is a rower.、Uh, we got a lovely email from listener Jamie, who wanted to give us a lot of context about、uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk being in Tokyo.、Uh, she is the premier. We, t- we talked a little bit about、uh, John Coates,、uh, IOC VP, and many, many other things,、uh, talking about Brisbane winning the 2032 bid and Palaszczuk was going to go back to Australia. And he said, no, 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 you have to stay and go to the opening ceremonies. And、uh, listener Jamie told us that、uh, Palaszczuk is having a hard time in back home because of decisions she has made regarding governing the, the, the COVID pandemic. So、uh, nobody's allowed to travel. So her going to Tokyo was a big deal anyway and got people very upset. And、uh, she said, okay, well, I'll just go to this meeting and then I'll come back. And Not make it a huge thing. And it was kind of like, well, you're here anyway. You, you should just go. Yes. So now she can blame John Coates as forcing her to go. She doesn't have to take responsibility for violating her own travel restrictions.、Hmm. And speaking of violating restrictions, did you read about Christoph Duby's little fit? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. So as we mentioned yesterday, we. Talked a lot about Team USA not wearing masks, but there were many countries,、mm-hmm. you know, flag bearers coming in with no masks on or taking them off very quickly. Well, Christoph Duby got up in front of the press, apparently had a meeting with all the chefs de mission and said, This is not going to fly. You better get your people in line. We have a playbook. Use it. Wow. Good for him because, I mean, really, A, health, B, 
everything is kind of on the line for so many people regarding having this games. So why people can't play along and make it work, I don't understand. And there were several countries just not wearing masks. And you, you could say, well, we were outside in a stadium, but you weren't far enough away from people. And I saw an article today on Bloomberg about the number of, of COVID cases at the Olympics. And it broke it down into athletes, uh, contractors, media, and volunteers. And you want to know who has zero positive COVID cases? The volunteers. Good. They're the ones who are doing the job. And I am so proud of Tokyo for that. It's all the other people that are screwing it up. But the people of Tokyo are trying to make this happen. Let's. What have I been saying for weeks? Don't be stupid. Who else got called out for not wearing a mask? Uh, the Asahi Shimbun reported that Yahushiro uh, Yamashita, who is the president of the Japan Japanese Olympic Committee, did not wear a mask while talking to officials at the judo competition. You know better. You really know better. So we'll see. Uh, COVID numbers connected to the games do are rising a little bit. We're up to 127 cases right now. 71 are Japanese residents and 56 are non-residents who are in Japan. And then uh, the Olympic flame has reached its permanent resting place over at the Tokyo waterfront area. It's 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 so funny you call it a resting place because it's like where Olympic flames go to die. It is, well, you know. <laughs> Actually, that's a quote from Inside the Games because I copied. But but it does look like flame on a stick. Unfortunate. I, I think it was, and we talked about this earlier, this was the urban park that was supposed to be filled with arts fairs and craftsmen and activities and viewing stations. And now it's just a big empty cement field with a giant silver stick. And a flame. So that's really, that's really tough. Well, before we get to today's action, we would like to give a special thank you to our Patreon patrons. Their financial contributions help to cover the extensive production costs of the show. If you would like to support us with an ongoing donation, head over to patreon.com slash flamealivepod, and you can learn more information there. If an ongoing donation is not up your alley, we will have a Kickstarter starting tomorrow that will help fund our travels to Beijing because we will be on the ground in Beijing for both the Olympics and the Paralympics, and uh, we need your support to get there. So today, 22 sports, six medals. I don't even know. Should we just go down alphabetically? Um, well, I, I did why. not watch 22 sports. No, I did not watch 22 sports. And I have not seen any medals. Oh, wow. I haven't watched any metal sports yet. Oh, holy cow. All right. Well, what? let's start off with what did you watch? I watched um, some three-on-three uh, men's uh, basketball. Let's start, let's start there because I watched one of those games as well. So, I watched Belgium and Japan. This was, oh, this was the men's pool. Ooh, this was a close game. It w it went into, I think, double overtime. I'm not, <sighs> but it, it, it certainly went into overtime. And Japan upset Belgium. It, yes. This apparently is a huge upset because Belgium was a heavy metal favorite. Wow. And what was so interesting about the Japanese team, they have this giant Texan on the team named Ira Brown, who in 2018 became a Japanese citizen. He plays on the three by uh, the 3x3 circuit in Japan and lives in Okinawa. Wow. 
Well, I guess lucky for them. Japan did beat Belgium 18 to 16. Um, I caught some of the Netherlands versus the Russian Olympic Committee. And Netherlands won 18-15. Women and men played. I didn't catch any of the women, but the pool so far is uh, Russian Olympic Committee and USA are both 2-0. and The ROC had a close win over Japan and then easily beat China. USA had two easy wins over France and Mongolia. Uh, China and Japan, Italy and France are all 1-1. and China easily beat Mongolia, and Japan easily beat Romania. Their, uh, Italy had a one-point win over Mongolia, so I may go back and watch that. And they had a close loss to France, and then on the bottom are Romania and Mongolia with no wins, two losses. On the men's side, uh, Serbia is 2-0. and They easily beat China. They had a one-point win over the Netherlands. Then... Latvia, Poland, uh, ROC, Netherlands, Japan, and Belgium are all one and one, and China is O and two. So I do want to call out the American announcer on NBC. Oh no! For three x three, Kyle Montgomery. I'd like to know one of the clever little quips he gave today. Oh no! You put the round thing in the round thing. Oh boy. And that was one of the cleverer things he said. So 3X3 is not getting its due on the announcing side. I am sorry to hear that. Very sorry to hear that. But can we talk about another sport who's doing much better with announcing? What? Men's indoor volleyball. Oh, okay. You watched watched some pool play. I did. I did. So I watched uh, the USA men and France and Paul Sunderland who was a member of the 1984 USA volleyball oh, team. Okay. Was so fantastic in his announcing. And here's the best comment he made. Apparently volleyball is huge in Japan. Really oh, popular sport. Yeah. And how it's unique that they have a dedicated venue for volleyball. So he was saying how great the stats are, you know, the great the venue is and the, um, facilities and everything. But here's the thing that he he said that really made me happy and sad at the same time, because he's played a lot in Japan. And he said, what we are missing out, and I am not quoting him exactly, but what we are missing out in not having fans, the Japanese fans there, is we are missing out getting to know the Japanese people. Oh. And I realized because, you know, a lot of these teams do play in front of empty venues frequently. Mm-hmm. You know, the shooters don't have big crowds. The archers don't have big crowds. But even we at home are missing out yeah. on getting the stories of the athletes going into Tokyo and getting to know the Japanese people. And that made me really sad, but so amazed that he pointed that out. So I'm looking forward to watching some more volleyball because I did not know. Your volleyball boyfriend, Karch Karai, was Team USA women's coach. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Missed that. Because I was thinking as I was watching the volleyball, where's Karch Karai? He's the coach. So (laughs) that makes me very excited to watch some more volleyball. Okay. So men's uh, volleyball was men's preliminary pools. Uh, Italy, three. Canada, two. Brazil versus Tunisia, three. Brazil wins three and nothing. Uh, ROC versus Argentina. ROC versus, uh, wins three one. Uh, Japan beat Venezuela three and nothing. Which again, 
like you said, would have been fantastic to watch. Uh, Poland versus uh, Iran. Iran won 3-2, and then the U.S. beat France 3-0. And I did not make a note of the name of the Brazilian women's player they were mentioning, but there is a lot of excitement around Team USA, meaning Team Brazil, in the women's tournament. Oh, okay. Put that on so your list. Put that on your list. Speaking of crowds, you know where there was a crowd? Outside the opening ceremony protesting? No, at the cycling road race, because I had that going on. Yes, because the road race was really long. And then it went out to around, you know, started around Tokyo and went out to like Mount Fuji area into areas where you could have fans. But there were people on the street and people on bridges watching and cheering. And when they were in the it ended in the uh, Speedway Racing Stadium, uh, auto racing stadium. And right at the finish line are they they've got like these bumpers kind of thing to create the bike lane and people lined up you know pummeling the bumpers to clap everybody in it was so much fun to see and you know i i get it i get covid is a problem but people were some people were wearing masks i mean the bike the cyclist went by so fast you couldn't necessarily see but you could see just people watching and having a good time and really getting into it. And that, that made me sad for, it made me happy for the cyclists, but it made me sad for other events. One of the conversations that has been going on in our Facebook group is how strange it is without the fans. It is. It's very watching. strange. And I raised the question, I wonder if in a few days we'll just get used to it. Like I don't this know. Will, this will be our new normal. I hope so, because I, I don't want to be constantly distracted by the no fans. I want I want to move past it. I know, I know. But we watched judo with no fans in this beautiful stadium. It's got so much history. And it was very sad to see that. But men's road race, gold. At the end, Richard Carapaz from Ecuador pulls out the wind. Not that far. A few seconds behind was a, a big pack of people. And just eking out silver and bronze were Wout van Aert from Belgium and Tade uh, Pagachar from Slovenia. Now, was this the race where Garrett Thomas of the UK had the accident? It must have been. This was the only cycling yeah, race. Yeah, so he, uh, Garrett Thomas, had the had a crash and he withdrew. Oh, so that was the only news I had heard from road racing. Okay. I, I had it on. It was my, I, I did a two-screen thing yesterday and working my way up. And it was a really good event to have on your second screen and right, have it because you don't need to follow every second exactly so the roads were really wet in places and uh it was it was so interesting to watch like cyclists drop back to find their cars and then it's like some i think it was a canadian rider needed new shoes so the car support changed the shoe for him while he was on the bike and then he went back off. And, the, you know, it's just they're all trying to navigate these cars. There's like the peloton of cars and then the peloton of bikes. <laughs> okay. I know who needs to be in those cars. Moms of toddlers. <laughs> because nobody can do things in a moving vehicle the way a mom of a toddler can make that happen. <laughs> Very true. Very true. So they had like food bags and they're getting water and it was really hot. So people had ice fest and they're shoving, you know, cold stuff down their 
their shirts. It was, but it was really fun event to watch. I, I may tune into the, the women's cycling as well. All right. Uh, what else did you watch? Softball. Oh, how was that? Cause I if did. Not- you are not watching the women's softball tournament. You are missing out. The games are fast. The athleticism is fantastic and it doesn't feel so empty because the teams go crazy for one another. Yeah. And there were some big games yesterday. Right. So I was watching the Team USA and Mexico game. Mm-hmm. Abbott and Osterman once again. Oh, if you if you love pitching and those two women are unbelievable. The final score was 2-0. So it wasn't even like a, a runaway. It was just, you have, you must, the tournament ends on the 27th. Do not miss any more games. Exactly. So uh, also playing Canada beat Australia 7-1 to and Japan beat Italy 5 to nothing. And every team has two more games before the medal matches happen. Japan and USA are on top of the leaderboard, tied at 3 nothing. Canada has two wins, one loss. Australia, one win, two losses. Mexico and Italy, they're 0-3. And I think if you're on the East Coast in the U.S., the Team USA-Australia match is going to be 9 p.m. on Saturday night. Oh, nice. Okay. So it's kind of a, it's going to be Sunday in Japan. So that'll be on kind of our day three pieces. But I wanted to mention that because USA and Australia going against each other. Oh, the powerhouses in that tournament. All right. What else did you watch? Well, that was everything. And then I watched the opening ceremonies again. And (laughs) I did watch the pictogram segment twice. (laughs) It gets better with every viewing. Much. Well, because the more you watch it, the more you pick up on the little details that you didn't know before. And just how complex that whole segment was is it's so impressive how they did it. And even though they had pictogram heads on, so you couldn't see who was doing it, the personality that they showed while performing it is just it was just fantastic it was brilliant that was just ingenious and clever and great fun to watch i'm gonna watch it again today um so i watched some archery i watched a a good amount of archery it was the mixed team event which is new for tokyo i watched early matches usa lost in its first match it was amazing how nothing happened with them it, it just looked like they shouldn't have been there oh it was usa versus indonesia and the the score looks tight 5-4 but they did uh, the usa did not look good brady ellison was not shooting it took them forever to get a 10 and that's really unusual they had to go to a shootout and they lost the shootout uh, it took until the third set for the USA to get a 10. And Brady Ellison looked off, and I was really surprised. Mackenzie Brown looked fairly off, and the Indonesian team just outshot them. So that was interesting. I did get to see India because I'm looking forward to watching the Indian shooters. There's um, uh, an Indian shooter named, uh, we've talked about her on the show, our show or the newsletter called, uh, her name is Deepika Kumari. And she is very talented, has been to London and Rio. There's a Netflix documentary about her. 
lot of pressure from the country to do well. And I watched her and her partner, Pravin uh, Jadav, beat Chinese Taipei, Taipei 5-3, but they did not, they, I believe, lost in the quarterfinals. Uh, it ended up with, I, I did watch the bronze, the all three medal matches, or all two medal matches. So it was Mexico versus Turkey for the bronze. And this was amazing because uh, Luis Alvarez from Mexico hit a two in the second set. You do not see Olympic shooters hit a two. Wow. I know. And one of the reasons I do love watching archery is because you learn your numbers in another language. (laughs) And you're just like, what? A two? I didn't know. It was was a number you did not recognize. (laughs) Right? So, but then Turkey answered, uh, uh, Shooter Nagaz got a five in the third set. And that's what allowed Mexico to win. I know you don't see twos and fives at the Olympic level. Really, this is a match to go back and watch. It's very fascinating. And it's also, uh, this, this event is interesting because they only have so many seconds to shoot for the entire match and it's clock management is a big deal. And they're just, you see the clock going down and you wonder, are they going to get the shot off? I was just going to say, it'll be interesting to watch the archery competition as it unfolds. And if we keep seeing some of these anomalies, mm-hmm. then it no longer becomes an anomaly. And it makes you wonder, is there something on going on with the venue? Because they couldn't have a full test event. Could be. I don't know. Well, uh, it'll be interesting. The wind was a little, little going in different directions. It wasn't super windy but there was a wind and that could have been a factor too just reading it wrong so uh for mexico luis alvarez is the first mexican man to medal in archery so congratulations and uh his partner alejandra valencia is the third mexican woman to get a medal in archery so the gold medal match was also so tight and it was again it was korea versus the netherlands and uh, the Netherlands was actually ranked first in the world at this point. Korea was ranked second, but Korea pulled out the wind. Why? Because Steve Wildier from the Netherlands got a six in the third set. Again, just these random shots you don't see. So that's a, that is a tournament to go back and watch if you like archery. Um, I also, we dipped into fencing a little bit because uh, ben, we, ben and I met fencing epe and uh, uh he wanted to watch uh molhauser from brazil and she was favored to medal because she did well in the world last year but she lost to flamango from italy in the table of 32 and that kind of soured us on the rest of the competition but the gold went to sung yi wen from china uh, the silver went to anna maria popescu from romania and katrina Lehis from estonia won the bronze uh, there was also men's saber individual which we had that on the 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 stream of the fencing is interesting because there's four strips in the arena and they have all four on the screen so you almost don't know what to watch and then when they aren't off, there's like, there must be some DJ in there because they are playing some funky music to get people excited. There was funky music at three on three as well. <laughs> oh, but that's part of three on three because they'll play music during the thing. Yeah, they try really hard to build an exciting environment for three X three. But Penn's like Saber would be more interesting if it wasn't just people running at each other and yelling because it really is a lot of, ah, yeah. So. The gold went to Aaron uh, Shalagi from Hungary. Uh, Luigi Samala from Italy got the silver. And Kim Jun-Hwan 
uh, I believe from Korea got the bronze. I don't think I've ever heard you make that sound before. Oh, it gets better. You want noise? Go to Taekwondo. <laughs> we had some Taekwondo on as well. And the OBS commentator was fabulous because he said kicks, punches, and squawks so far from this match. That was, uh, it was a woman from Egypt who just was like, and it really sounded like cats going at it, just oh. yelling. And it was, it got to be very, very annoying after a while. The two contests that they had yesterday were the women's 49 kilograms and the men's 58 kilograms. And on the women's side, uh, Panapak Wongpatanakit from Thailand got the gold. <laughs> Adriana Cerezo Iglesias from Spain got the silver. And bronzes went to Tiana Bogdanovic from Serbia and uh, Abishag Semberg from Israel. And then in uh, the men's side, uh, Villa del Aquila from Italy won the gold. Mohamed Kali Jindubi from Tunisia won the silver. Zhang Jun from Korea won the bronze, as well as Mikola, uh, Mikhail Artemanov from the Russian Olympic Committee. We watched this match between Jack Woolley from Ireland and Lucas Lafaro Guzman from Argentina. And Jack Woolley could lay these head kicks on you that were just like, how does he make his body turn like that? Because his body would be going one way, his leg would be going another way, and his foot would like curl around and just like bonk you in the head. <laughs> it was so amazing to watch. Uh, he was doing well. It looked like he was going to win. And then right at the end, his coach called the challenge to have a kick that Jack scored scored as a spinning kick which was a higher point value and it wasn't a spinning kick they lost the challenge and that then um the argentinian just got two punches in the trunk or two he got two points in the trunk really quickly and that sealed the deal for argentina so it was interesting to watch taekwondo is an interesting sport because i i forget that you can people score a lot you can have it's, you know it's kind of like when we learned about handball and handball scores are like, it can be in the twenties and soccer football is in the zeros and ones. Well, that's kind of like Taekwondo, Taekwondo to say judo, you know, one point for judo, uh, but you can have like 22 points in Taekwondo. So that was interesting. Did watch some judo. Did you see Tokyo's first gold medal? No, did not see that, but I might, I would go back to watch that because I, I keep thinking, well, the standbook would go crazy, but oh, there's nobody to go crazy. So it was Takato Naohisa in the men's extra light judo. And I immediately saw that and thought, oh, I'm so glad the extra light is early in the competition because now we can go eat. <laughs> and then I realized, no, he can't because he has to pack up his stuff and get the heck out of the village. He's only got 48 hours. Maybe they'll give him a to-go box from the there dining hall. There you go. There you go. And and he beat Yang Yu Wei from Taipei uh, to get the gold. And then bronzes went to Luca Makizda from France and Yeldos Smetov from Kazakhstan. On the women's side, we did see... I ended up figuring out that it was a one of the bronze medal matches between Ukraine and Israel. And Daria Beloded from Ukraine one and uh she did a formidable job this is again judo we talked about this before judo is blink and you miss it and i would 
constantly be looking at a different screen or blinking and I'd be like, oh, I just missed the end of the match. What happened? Well, the Ukrainian athlete had the power of her fanny pack from the opening ceremonies outfit. Right. So on on the women's 48 kilogram side, uh, the other bronze went to uh, Yuranteng Sateg Mukbat from Mongolia. Uh, Silver went to Funo Tanaki from Japan and the gold went to Distria Krasniki from Kosovo which congratulations to Kosovo for getting a gold. And I think I had her in my fantasy league. Very excited. I haven't been able to check the fantasy league because they've been over quota when I've tried to log in today. So um, I had Garrett Thomas in my fantasy league. So that should tell you how I'm doing. Oh, there you go. I did catch like a couple of performances on the men's gymnastics side. Uh, Sam McCulloch from the US did a really good parallel bars routine. So they had qualifying the teams. The teams going to the finals are Japan, China, Russian Olympic Committee, USA, Great Britain, and Germany. The top three teams are very close in points. And then the bottom three teams, the then our USA and Great Britain are very close. Germany's uh, quite distant. So they were happy to get into the finals. I'm really curious to see how that shakes out for the finals. That should be an excellent competition because pretty much five of those teams could easily turn up on the podium and how they turn up on the podium could be in any combination thereof. (laughs) So I think the men's gymnastics team is going to be a lot more interesting in terms of you really don't know who's going to win as opposed to the women's. Exactly. Exactly. I did dip into a little of badminton and caught a bit of a doubles match, but did not finish watching it. Uh, Did watch Millie Tapper. Or Chuklastani. Yeah, she and Heming Hugh lost to France. Yeah, so they're they, out of the mixed doubles competition. Yeah, that was tough. They uh, lost 4 nothing, and their individual games were 11-5, 11-9. That second game, I think, was the, they could have, they could have turned it around because after that it was 11-1, 11-0. Yeah, they kind of, yeah. But it was really fun to watch her compete. And she it. still has the individual and uh, competition. Okay. She's Good. not done. And neither is Hemming Hugh. Good. Good, He's doing both men's and doubles. So they're they're not done. Uh, Beach volleyball had some preliminary gains. We'll start getting into scores when it gets uh, further down, except for uh, in the women's side, uh, Japanese team Ishii and Murakami beat Czech, and beat is in quotes, uh, Hermanovas and uh, Slikova Nausch because uh, Slikova Nausch tested positive for COVID and they had to uh, forfeit. So that was tough. Football in women's group play, Canada beat Chile two to one. Great Britain beat Japan one to nothing. Uh, tie if China and Zambia at four all. Uh, tie for Netherlands and Brazil three all. Sweden beat Australia four two, and USA came coming back from that Sweden game six one against New Zealand. <laughs> okay, I do want to mention how the hand wringing that has happened in the American media about the U.S. women's soccer team losing a match in, in the, the pool play. Calm down. Number one, it's pool play. Number two, these women are not invincible. Mm-hmm. This is not the, the 1992 men's basketball dream team where it's unheard of for them to lose. I right. mean, yes, the team, team USA is clearly top of the, to the heap of women's soccer. But can we all calm down about them losing a match? Everybody can lose at some point in time. 
Um, over in handball, Norway beat Brazil 27-24. France beat Argentina 33-27. Sweden over Bahrain 32-31. That sounds like a good match that I might go back and watch. Spain beat Germany 28-27. Egypt over Portugal 37-31. And Denmark beat Japan 47-30. Hockey, both men and women played yesterday. Australia beat Japan 5-3. Belgium beat Netherlands 3-1, India beat New Zealand 3-2, Argentina and Spain had a 1-1 tie, Great Britain beat South Africa 3-1, Germany beat Canada 7-1. On the women's side, Netherlands beat India 5-1. I do wonder if there's a difference for the women's Indian Indian women's team versus Indian's men team in terms of expectations. I was happy to see India win their first game. And funding. Yeah, well... <laughs> That goes without saying, really. Uh, also on the women's side, Ireland beat South Africa to nothing. Oh, shooting. That's the other thing I watched. Because it was the first medal. It, first medal, women's 10-meter air rifle. I tuned in right when the finals were starting. And saw every, uh, so it was single elimination. They got a couple shots and they were eliminated. It was really fun to see what happened. And it was down to... Uh, Yang Chiang from China and Anastasia Galashina from the Russian Olympic Committee, and they both shot poorly. It was so anticlimactic. Uh, and then Nina Kristen from Switzerland got the bronze. So what they did for the medal ceremony, because I really wanted to see that too, instead of having gold up top, silver, one step down, bronze, two steps down, silver and bronze are on the same level. And it's like they took those blocks and spread them out. So you have a very spread out podium and the bronze and silver medalists get on either side of that so that they're quite distant from the gold. I know, because then what happened? So then T-Bot came out with the medals on the tray. Oh, great, because it's the first event, the first so he does the medals. There. Uh, and the, they take the medal and they put it on themselves. So that's how that's going to work. And then the uh, president of the shooting federation came with the bouquets and they've got the Muratawai, but the Muratawais, uh, instead of the blue trim on on his face it's metallic that matches the color of the metal that they won oh no yes. are you serious yes isn't that fantastic oh goodness gracious now i'm upset i turned off the shooting because it was making me so stressed out <laughs> i tried to tune in for just a couple minutes and clearly i am not a shooter yeah yeah it's tough it is nerve-wracking yeah so that was cool and then they try so hard to be socially distant and nobody knows what to do because everybody's kind of happy. And they, the, they played the anthems and the uh, volunteer escort escorted them out kind of, and they were kind of standing there and, and the press obviously wanted photos and shooting the, the range was actually packed, not packed, but the range had a lot of people in it because it was the first medal. So it felt like there was a crowd there and that was exciting. So then, of course, the the medalists were like, well, let's go just back in front of the podium again. And what they do, they stood together. I can't see how keeping the podium apart makes any sense. They're in the range on top of each other. They right. are, you know, Luca Jones posted uh, a picture of all the canoe women from all the different countries mm -hmm. met and took a picture, which is apparently a tradition. So they were all right. together. Yeah. And it, they're all like during competition they have their masks off and in the shooting range or in an indoor facility. So what's, it, it's really, 
there's so much COVID theater at play here. Oh, I think. tremendous. And, and it's just, it's really tough. So the the medalists had to wear the masks during the ceremony, but you could see the gold medal winner. She was, you know, her eyes were smiling and she was, you know, you could see that happiness. And uh, it was, it was nice, but it was, you know, it's just one of those very weird things. I wonder if we'll get used to it by the end. And over on the, the men's air pistol, Javad Farogi from Iran won the gold. Damir Mikic from Serbia won the silver. And Wei Pang from China won the bronze. Oh, before I forget, I did want to mention that the 3x3 basketball mentioned what's up with Serbia. <laughs> hey, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. All right. Okay. Well, Shipless on watch? Yes. Okay, a couple of quick things. As I mentioned, Team USA and Coach Laura Berg will be uh, up against Australia. Ginny Fuchs has got her first uh, bout oh, against Svetlana Sulianova of the ROC. So that'll be on overnight if you're in the U.S. Okay. And Luca Jones, speaking ah. of, starts K1. Tomorrow. I will definitely tune into that because that is fun to watch. I'm ready. Ready for oh. some water sports. Exactly. Uh, and, and I know some swimming finals probably start tonight, too. Or I'm ready. I'm ready for the swimming. Ready for rowdy games. I know. Let me burst your bubble here because um, Algerian judoka Feti uh, Nurine and his coach uh, have withdrawn from Tokyo because there is the possibility of him meeting an Israeli opponent. So Nurine uh, competes in the under 73 kilogram class. He would have faced uh, Tohar football of Israel in the second round. So not only is there like, you got to get fast the first round for first buddy, but Ben and I were talking, it's just like, I know you don't like Israel and you don't recognize Israel, but you know what? Why don't you put them in their place? Why don't I'm kind of like, I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to fight you. This is the Olympics people. This is right? the point, right? Remember you don't come to the Olympics to be a wimp. You don't come to the Olympics to be a wuss. There you go. That's the Australian equestrians taught us that. That is exactly right. Okay. So don't forget to go to flamelivepod.com slash Tokyo to get in on all the action. Let us know how you did on opening ceremonies bingo. I think that was a little harder than I thought it would be. But, Agreed. Uh, yeah. If nobody's gotten a, we've seen some very close covered, so uh, covered cards, but if you didn't get so, if you got, close but didn't get everything let us know because then we'll start going on who covered the most and there's fantasy leagues and all that jazz so now it is time to say sayonara so as we go out to to music by mercury sunset thank you so much for listening and until tomorrow keep the flame alive <laughs>